Listening Dog Media. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Athletic. And welcome to the Offside Rule. I'm Kate Borsay. Hello there. And alongside me today, it's my regular twosome, Premier League and Sky Sports WSL reporter, Lindsay Hooper. Hi, Hoops. Hello there. Just about with us. She's probably pulled up in a lay-by somewhere doing this. Uh, And Super Sky Sports news anchor, Hayley McQueen. Hi, Hayley. Oh, hi, girls. A rare moment of peace and quiet for me. (laughs) With a screaming child downstairs. My God. What I didn't tell everyone or what I haven't revealed yet is that each of you have got mascots with you, um, although no longer with you in case they cause disruption. Billy the dog, Billy the puppy for Lindsay, Ayla the child uh, for Hayley. Luckily, both of mine are at school. So I'm feeling feeling like I need to go and get the cat, actually. Um, but you're right, Hayley, a rare moment of peace. Um, Linz, how are you? You've been covering the women's game. We had those international fixtures as well, didn't we? The first time that we saw Serena Wiegmann in action, the new England women manager. Um, two wins, 8-0 and 10-0 against North Macedonia and Luxembourg. So good good to see them racking the goals. And it doesn't sort of tell the full story, does it? But good, good to see the Lionesses in action. Yeah, and it was good to see them under the new manager and looking fresh and lively and reinvigorated, I think was the word. You could tell that she's clearly got to them already. Mm. I mean, you can't judge too much from the the opposition, um, but it was a, a nice way to get started under her regime, I think. Um, and then also, uh, I'm in my office for once, so you get to speak to me with steady Steady internet. Do you have an office, Hoops? I thought so. I, I do, front. yeah. Do you? Okay, fair yeah, enough. I do have an office. Oh. So mm. you're being very, very professional today. The dog is in the cage, isn't he? He's been put in the den, yeah, because, I mean, the den's meant to be a good place, but he yes, seems to go oh, there when... <laughs> I don't know whether it's vanished. She seems to go there when I need a bit of mm-hmm. peace and quiet. But yeah, Haley, I know that you were working over the weekend as well in a, in a very carbon neutral way, according to your social media posts. Yes, I absolutely was. I was building up to um, game zero at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, where unfortunately they lost three 0 to Chelsea, but they were winning on the day in terms of um, looking at the future and sustainability. We've obviously seen a lot about it, haven't we, in the news this week. Um, uh, but yeah, it was a it was a great day. There were apparently no plastic bottles, but someone did send me an image, which was, I mean, it's funny and it's not funny. It was Jeff Shreves entering one of the players, and there was a big strap underneath saying, you know, well, it was lots of information about what Game Zero was and how they were doing things differently and how they were looking to the future, and one of the sort of you know, headlines underneath was players drinking from cardboard cartons and the stadium is um, plastic free. And you just saw in the background a steward drinking <laughs> from a from a plastic Hopefully bottle. Hopefully recycled but, bottle. <laughs> yeah, but not only that, he had a paper bag around it, you know, like when somebody <laughs> is maybe drinking an alcoholic beverage <laughs> um, and you kind of put your paper bag around it. That's what he'd done, but you could still see it was a, a plastic <laughs> bottle just peeking out of the end. So all just throughout- imagine him getting, getting into work thinking, mm-hmm. oh, God, I've got this plastic bottle full of my favourite pop and um, I know (laughs) know what I'm going to do. I'm going to find a paper bag, slip it around the outside. No one will notice. Wow. (laughs) No. What do you think his favourite pop was? Cherry Aid. Cherry Cherry Aid. Oh, yeah. Orange Tango. Mm -mm. 
Oh. Iron Brew. Panda Pops. Oh, yes. Do you remember them? Oh, I do, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, very good. A very noble thing to do. Um, although, shame that Spurs lost. It's always a shame when that happens, isn't it? Because you think it would be nice if they've gone to the extent of being mm. carbon zero, carbon neutral for that game. Um, they should at least be gifted a win or maybe an extra point. Maybe we should <laughs> start gifting yeah. extra points for carbon neutral games. There we go. Now, oh, there's an idea. Everyone will be doing it. I wonder what <laughs> Chelsea fans would make of that. <laughs> well, coming up on the show, we look at which one of the League Cup third round winners might be able to go all the way. Who sprung a surprise? Uh, we're also going to reflect on our pre-season prediction and consider which ones might need a rethink, all of mine probably. And of course, with the news that Lindsay's beloved Wolves have launched a record label. Yes, that's right. <laughs> we decide what side projects we'd be starting if we ran a football club. First, let's take a look at some cup action. Topic number one, could they go all the way? Well, we think so. There were some upsets, weren't there, in the third round of the League Cup this week. More on Tuesday than on Wednesday, it has to be said. Stoke, QPR and a few more, all beating Premier League opposition. Wickham were even 1-0 up against Manchester City briefly Mm. before losing 6-1. Good effort, though. so I'd like you each to pick a giant killer. It um, doesn't have to be someone who's beaten Premier League uh, opposition, by the way, but someone who has um, gone over and above um, and you think will head to the last 16 with the potential of going all the way. Hayley, give me yours first. Well, it might not be a complete giant killing, but it's a small team that I think are going to do really well in this competition. I was quite pleased that when the draw was made, actually, that City, Chelsea, Arsenal, Tottenham and Liverpool had all been kept apart in the fourth round draw. So I think that's quite good that none of them go head to head. There's all, you know, there's going to be a team going against one of these big teams. Sometimes, yes, you could argue that you want Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea versus City so that at least one big team's knocked out. So a smaller team progresses you know, towards the the final. But the point is you want these matchups where there are two teams that don't play each other regularly. Um, I have picked two teams who did or who do play each other regularly in League One and it's Wigan who are top of League One against Sunderland. And I think Sunderland are going to go on a lovely little cup run. Um, They've got QPR in the next round. I'm sure we'll have a bit more chat about them in just a moment. But this was a real battle between two sides who um, I think are definitely going to be vying for promotion from League One up to the championship. And maybe you could say Sunderland have got that to focus on. But actually, they were runners up, weren't they, Um, just a few years ago? to Manchester City. They got all the way to a final. So they've done it before. They've got a great stadium for visitors heading to them. They can be quite intimidating. Um, They've, you know, they've, they've, they've had a really good start to the season. Um, They've got 16 points from seven matches. They're second in the table, but they're only behind Wigan on goal difference. Um, They've won four of the last five matches. This is in all competitions, okay? Yes, they might have been drawn 2-2 by Fleetwood in the league on Saturday. Uh, They scored in the 97th minute, but this is a side that seemed to do well against the bigger teams. It's like they remembered who they were when they were playing in the Premier League and they just dragged that out of the team. And I think they potentially might go quite far. Yeah, so they, they, they knocked Wigan out of the cup. And I've got this little team in the Northeast because there are not many teams in the Northeast doing very well, um, potentially going to go quite far. So they take on QPR next. And I, I really do think they're going to beat Queen's Park Rangers quite easily as well. Sorry, yeah, Q- producer. QPR. 
um, mm. making it through against Everton after it went to penalties. Producer Flo's very excited just, about that. Only she just. wants them to go all the way. Um, we should probably bring Producer Flo in on this, shouldn't we? Do you reckon, Flo, can we bring you in on this? <laughs> go Flo. Go Flo. Do you want to pitch on on QPR? Haven't, haven't won a cup since 1967. What makes you think they're going to go all the way, Flo? Uh, I think because sometimes if you wait and dream long enough, it might just happen. <laughs> okay. Oh. That's a very convincing argument. Um, all right. Uh, let me pitch in with mine then. Um, I'm going to go for Stoke. This was admittedly before the draw was made. In the fourth round, they faced Brentford at home, um, which, you know, it's possible. Um, but Stoke did fantastically well, beating Watford uh, 3-1 away from home. Um Plaudits, really, um, because they came up against a very strong Watford side, particularly in the second half. I think Stoke's keeper, Adam Davis, well, he made some incredible saves. Watford were wasteful. Cisco, the manager, changed his entire 11 before the game, as these big sides are wont to do. But Stoke boss Michael O'Neill had eight changes of his own, so you can't say that that was the top and bottom of it. Um, I thought Stoke were brilliant, resilient, and in those final 10 minutes to get a couple of goals, um, Sam Klukas and Josh Tymon uh, striking from distance to get that win, I thought it was fantastic. I just thought it showed really good, really, really strong resilience, even when Watford were throwing everything at them. Um, this isn't an unfamiliar position, of course, for Stoke to be in. They've reached the fourth round of the Carabao Cup um, for a third season in succession. So that's why I feel like this could be their season and it could just be Brentford that they upset um, Stoke playing at home. That's where my eyes are, I think. So, yeah, I'm going to go for Stoke. Linz, what about you? Pick a giant killer, they said, and then both uh, proceeded to send me messages saying, I've picked Sunderland and I've taken Stoke. So, uh, I was trying to be realistic. A whole load of choice. We've got no. to the last 16, and I mean, pretty much it's Premier League teams in there, isn't it? I mean, you don't get many that, that get to go in and try and ruffle feathers very often. Not when you get to the latter stages. So... I'm picking a genuine contender, I think, to lift the trophy. And it's a club that is in the Premier League, but they've not had a piece of silverware in 120 years of football. So if we omit the 1910 Charity Shield, which I think we can, um, this is a very long time that the club have been waiting. And akin to what Flo was saying about if you wait long enough, dream long enough, this is a team that are starting to see the rewards of all of that faith and belief because Brighton have taken the Premier League by storm to start off this season. Um, six wins from seven games in all competitions. Everything that Graham Potter has been put, putting in place, you know, they gave a five-year contract, you may remember, to him a, a couple of years back and everyone was thinking, really? You're going to back someone for five years? But it's really starting to show that that faith is being rewarded um, he's he's always had this philosophy of football, but what's often been missing is the finishing element. And that seems to have clicked this season. Now, Brighton will face Leicester next and they've already beaten Leicester in the Premier League. I it's feel like they could... It's one though, Linz, isn't it? I think they could get the better of them again. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I was actually at Leicester's game yesterday against Millwall at the Den um, for Soccer Special and it was the quality, it was the Premier League quality that told in the end. But I thought that Leicester were very underwhelming in the first half and pretty pedestrian, to be honest. So it depends on how many changes are made. But if if Graham Potter's thinking, you know what, we've got off to the best start we've had in a Premier League campaign. I've got a, a squad here 
that isn't going to get relegated. We haven't got too many other distractions. We're not in Europe or anything like that yet. Why not go properly for a cup? If you're in the last 16 now, why don't you suddenly shift attention to this? Yeah, go all out. And on their day, I really believe that Brighton can beat anyone. And I include Manchester City and Chelsea in that, who I'm sure are going to be people's front runners to take the trophy. But yeah, Mm, a final, Wembley. Brighton could be there. There we go. So noted. Our predictions are in there. Uh, we can then enjoy each of those teams crashing out in the fourth round. No doubt. We shall see. Next up, we're going to talk wild cards. So topic two, wild cards. This is a bit of a hat tip to fantasy football. Uh, some of the things that you wish you could take back or change about your early season predictions, maybe a team you thought was going to do really well, but it got off to a disastrous start. Uh, maybe a player you thought was going to be great, but you actually haven't seen very much of so far. Or a player you didn't have much of an opinion of at all, but has come out of nowhere and performed exceptionally well. So there you go. So you can bring in or out with your wild cards. It's totally up to you. Hayley, get us started on this one. Oh, well, I thought Arsenal were just having a blip last season and they were going to come out raring to go with their new <laughs> signings in the summer. And of course, they have you know, started su- winning, to be fair. Uh, they yeah. have actually, they, they have. But at th- the beginning of the season, I was like, oh God, the shame of predicting that they were going to be okay. Um, they've got so many amazing, talented youngsters at Mikel Arteta's disposable. You've got, you know, Bukayo Saka, Smith Rowe, you know, You've got Kieran Tierney in there as well. Aubameyam luckily is is scoring goals. They added Ben White to that along with, you know, they've got defensive qualities of Nuno Tavares. I was like, they're going to absolutely kill it. They're going to win the first couple of games of the season and we're all going to say, what were we worrying about? It was just a little bit of a blip. Arteta, yes, he does still need more time. It's a huge season for him and Arsenal. And I do think... it's it's hard, isn't it? Because you almost feel like he's, it's like when you're in a relationship and you're kind of walking on eggshells or you're around somebody all the time that you know is just kind of on the edge and you're trying to be really careful. I feel like it's a little bit like that with Mikel um, Arteta. And I do just worry that all of that pressure on trying to make sure that he wins games, I, I don't know how I would cope with that, but losing to Brentford in the opening game and then losing to, to Chelsea and thinking, actually, do you know what? If they've stuck with him after the first couple of games in the season and they haven't decided to get rid of him, they're going to stick with him for the long haul. He had that huge win in the cup against West Brom where they scored a whopping six goals. But then that was followed by the disastrous defeat. Embarrassing. Yes, you could say it's not embarrassing losing to Manchester City, but five nil when you're trying to compete and you're saying you're a top four side. Nah, I'm sorry. Yes, they've won the last couple of games, but come on, they were against Norwich and Burnley. Um, So so you're going to transfer out the whole of Arsenal, basically. Basically the whole of Arsenal. (laughs) I did say they were going to have a great start to the season. They were going to start with the win against a newly promoted side. It's going to give them confidence and they were just going to crack on. It hasn't happened. And they've got Tottenham next. And I think they're going to crash and burn. (laughs) I'm sure we've got a few to go through. So let's round Robin on these. Linz, who's someone who, a player or team or manager um, who you've been impressed with or not? 
I remember having an early season conversation about goalkeepers, and not necessarily on this show, but certainly with a colleague, and saying how much I rated Kasper Schmeichel and how he has to be up there as one of the best goalkeepers in the league. He's often underrated, lives in his dad's shadow, all of those things, and that Leicester fans know his worth. And then I put him in my fantasy team um, from the start of the season, and he's gone five games without keeping a clean sheet. (laughs) That's difficult. And then there was a clean sheet in the Carabao Cup performance against Millwall midweek. But it was Danny Ward that was in goal, not (laughs) Kasper Schmeichel. So yeah, I I feel like I really bigged him up. He still is the keeper that watching live, I have seen make the best save. Um, But yeah, I don't know whether there is something faltering with with Schmeichel this season. Maybe he's he's not quite Mm. as sturdy as I thought he was going to be. I would like to bring in Mikel Antonio. Um, I hadn't even considered him as as one of the players to look out for again. I know he was joint top scorer, wasn't he, last season for West Ham? But I was a bit unsure as to whether, again, it was kind of a one-season wonder for West Ham with David Moyes. But he's absolutely superb yet again. He's doing incredible things. Um, he's picked up where he's left off. Um in that first month, I think he was up for player of the month. I don't know if he won player of the month. I can't actually remember. I should probably know because I'm on the voting committee. Um, but <laughs> he played, yeah. Um, I he think was involved, he did. Yeah, he was involved in seven goals in August alone. He scored four. He actually became the club's all-time top Premier League goal scorer with 50. Um, He got himself three assists. That was just in the first month. He's doing incredibly well. He's kept that up as well. And um, I feel a little bit guilty because I hadn't even really considered West Ham as a team to pick a player from that would would shine again this season. And he's doing it as well in the Europa League, scoring against uh, Dinamo Zagreb. So I think if he keeps that up, I think West Ham are going to have a pretty solid season yet again. So it was just a little mention from Mikel Antonio and what he's bringing to the club so Mm. far this season and starting off where he left off last season. Do you know who I think we'd be talking a lot more about, I thought we would be, is Jadon Sancho at Manchester United. I thought he'd settle mm. much quicker and it's I mean, he I might do if him. he's played on the right. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, I rate him so highly and I feel a bit gutted for him. But, you know, the season's young. There's been a, a huge signing like Ronaldo, who who mm. I'm sure takes takes a lot of space up, takes a lot of accommodating. So um, yeah. I hope I hope Jaden Sancho picks it up. And, and, and then also Mason Greenwood, you know, still being excellent, continuing um, his brilliant form, although his mm. FIFA game rating didn't didn't necessarily tally. I think I think it was a bit miffed. He was um, mm. he had a rather low rating, but yeah, Mason Greenwood again still continues to impress me this season, even with other players there like Ronaldo, who could arguably get in the way. You think actually when Ronaldo would come in, it's just his greatness would rub off on everybody, but it's kind of ruffled a few feathers as well and put a few people out of place, hasn't it? And I thought we'd just be, you know, waxing lyrical, as you said, about Sancho and Rafael Varane as well for Real yeah. Madrid. We, nobody's even focused on these other players. And then suddenly Paul Pogba, who seemed really happy for quite some time, as agent has, Mino Raiola has come out saying, oh, he wouldn't, you know, rule out moving back to Italy. He's going to head to Juve at some point. And he came out and, and, and spoke about him leaving Manchester United. It's like, oh, for goodness sake, it's just high drama up there. It's like a soap opera. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay, have you got any more? I, I think I must mention that when we did our very first show, um, we spoke about who we thought might go down. 
And I had Crystal Palace in there. And I, I actually would like to take that back. I don't think they will um, go down. I think we've seen enough. Certainly the the performance against Spurs was incredible. I know that it's early and um, and not necessarily they're going to they're gonna have performances like that every week. But the, I've seen enough with Conor Gallagher and with Odson Edouard coming in to think they have enough to stay in the Premier League. Which one of us back Norwich to go down? I can't... Um... I can't quite remember, but they've been perhaps all of us more woeful. <laughs> yeah, I think we all did. I think we did more all do woeful, um, and also Leeds as well. I didn't necessarily have them down for second season mm-hmm. syndrome, but they've mm-hmm. not recorded a single win. They've got draws, yeah. haven't they, so far? So they have surprised me a little bit. Actually, I thought they would have gone in much more aggressively, a la last season. About as aggressive as the builders in the background, Kate. <laughs> I'm so in your, sorry. In your gaff, round your gaff. <laughs> Someone, uh, someone's drilling masonry, which uh, mm. not Mason Greenwood, wow. but masonry. Um, <laughs> uh, so, uh, apologies if listeners, you get a little hint of that's what's going on here. Um, okay, unless anyone else has got anything else, let's head into topic three. Okay, topic three. Now, this is where you excel, Lindsay. Big ideas. Lindsay's big on ideas. <laughs> I'm big on execution. That's that's generally how our partnership in life works. Um, so this is this is one for you, Lindsay. It also involves Wolves, which is a double bonus. Basically, Wolves have launched a record label. Um, I don't know too much about this, other than how how's it going to work, Lindsay? Have you got any inside goss for us? I have zero inside gossip on this. Well, it took me by surprise as well. Um, I mean, they're trying to appeal to artists to actually get in touch at the moment and they can join the label. You can send in some examples of your work. And we all know how the music industry has moved on now. It's not demo cassettes like we used to be used to. Um, They can just upload something to YouTube or send in a a clip. Um, And you never know, you could have a deal. Any other business theme tune. I know I should be over that right now, but... um, but I'm just going to bring it back uh, just in case anyone's tempted to. So, that, so there you go. Wolves are looking for musical talent. Um, and it is a genuine record label. I, I did think at first when I saw it come up, are, you, are they going to try and get people to write new chants for yes, the crowd? Yes. But no, it's it's genuine record label. What do Wolves get out of it? Do we know? Money. Oh, okay, fine. Money. All right. And and global appeal. I, I think there's so many um, areas where they're really trying to be a big player. Um, esports is another one. So the, there's obviously mm. marketing strategy there to try and get a brand that will not only be associated with football, it will always come back to football, but they can be successful in other areas. Yeah, I'm having a little look at the sort of Twitter launch video, which is which is not the sort of height of excitement. Um, they want to be the first UK record label powered by a football club. There we go. Um, all right. So this leads us to think about other brilliant ideas, add-ons. If you owned a football club, ladies, what would you bring in? A bit like a record label. What side hustle would you bring in uh, to help uh, this business be powered by football, if you want to borrow uh, Wolves' phrase? Uh, Lindsay, have you had any bright ideas? Yeah, I'm going to stick in the Midlands um, because there seemed to be a huge problem recently. If you saw the news, um, Tom Cruise has been filming Mission Impossible and at every opportunity has been trying to land in the Birmingham area um, and has had <laughs> so problems with it. So go for a curry. It. 
<laughs> yeah. And he needed permission to stop halfway through a football match. And then he got permission from another farmer to be able to, to land. So if I was Aston Villa, the club in Birmingham at the moment in the Premier League, I would be building not only a film studio, because clearly there is room for that. There is, there is a gulf in the film industry in the Midlands area. There isn't that much TV actually that goes on in Birmingham anymore. So so let's bring a whole film studio to, to be attached to Aston Villa and that all-important helipad where if ever Tom Cruise is in the area again or any other star for that matter shooting over Birmingham, they can land easily because it, it's been quite an issue for them. Lovely. Hayley, have you had some flashes of inspiration? Yeah, I did wonder if Tottenham ever actually had that microbrewery installed into the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. because Or the cheese they, room. Yeah, I don't think the cheese room went ahead because I did No, it definitely didn't. Out. I went that looking was, for it. Yeah, yeah that was going to be one of the selling points to going to a game like a there. large mouse, Lindsay, <laughs> Lindsay tried to sniff it out. It I did. I was like, I, my first visit, I was like, where's this cheese room? Because we'd been talking about it and they're like, oh no, there isn't a cheese room. <laughs> it's, it's terrible, isn't it, really? They, the promises that they make and then just breaking our hearts on match day. Um, so they do have a partnership with a brewery, um, Beavertown Brewery. Interesting. They've become the official craft beer supplier of the club's new stadium. And apparently they were going to open a little microbrewery inside. So I just think, I mean, football fans, tens of thousands of them around a stadium on a match day, you're going to sell a hell of a lot of beer, aren't you? So why not have your own brewery Makes on sense, site? It really does have your own craft ale. You could actually sell it as well. You could maybe buy some some bottles to take away after the day. Obviously, you wouldn't be able to take them into stadium to drink it inside, but you could have, you know, little tents around the stadium or just sort of areas or your own brewery where people could, you know, shimmy on through and have a couple of beers. Um, who drinks the most beer of all the Premier League teams? Do you know? I don't. Oh. Ooh. Okay. Um, Newcastle fans. No, it's actually Everton. Oh, they consume okay. an average of 43 units per week, closely followed by, and I was quite surprised about this, Crystal Palace. And then third on the list mm -hmm. was Chelsea. Chelsea fans consumed a third amount of beer. I I'd have probably that. heard, yeah, Newcastle, maybe some of the Midlands teams up there. Um, but I would definitely be making sure I open a brewery. Um, it's a good markup on beer as well, isn't there? Yes, there is. It's very, very good for uh, for making a bit of cash. Um, I was thinking about this. I was thinking, you know, why don't football clubs have crashes? Surely a crash would be the ultimate in going to watch a game of football because you, you can't easily combine childcare and football, can you? Um, so how about having a nice football-themed crash at your local stadium? You could drop off your babber and go and watch football, which yeah. would mean that a lot more women could go and see the game as well because... Um, unfortunately, statistically, it is more likely to be women who are watching the kids whilst uh, the partner goes out and wash it, w washes, whilst the partner goes out and watches the game. And um, I did think about an interior design service as well. There are plenty of footballers and plenty of footballing couples who are well into their interior design. And I thought, goodness me, there's, there's basically a whole vat of talent there, isn't there? So why not launch an interior design service? And then you could, you know, use your footballing partners or your footballers if they're into it. Um, you, you could have kind of a really expensive consultation you could make some cash off this to have your living room or your new house designed by a premier league footballer how about that interesting interesting it'd be a very costly service i imagine very costly 
I'm not sure the owners would like the distraction for, for their players um, <laughs> of that service. I, I think what you need to do is look for the more obvious here, Kate, and things where there's there's already a thread there, the start of a business, and you look at something and think, oh, how could you make that bigger? And so you take the London Stadium, West Ham, and I'm hoping I say this right, is it the Arcelor orbit? But you, you, there's a, there's, from when there was the games, just outside the London Stadium, there is, in Queen Elizabeth Park, um, that structure that was designed. And the you can orbital, actually go it down it. The orbital. I, I think orbital? it's the Arcella, Arcella Mittel. Arcella Mittel Orbit, I think it's called. Um, and yes, you can actually go on a slide there. It's quite scary. I haven't been on it myself, but I know a couple of camera ops that have been on it. And I thought, well, you've got the start of something here, a whole theme park. Why oh. not turn the whole of the London Stadium? So when you arrive on a match day, you could have a yeah. theme park experience, finish it off with a bit of football, go home. I like that. I like that a lot. What about if, like in lockdown, many of us had a big clear out and you've got football memorabilia and just general junk you want to get rid of? Don't we all love and miss a good old fashioned car boot sale? <gasps> I'm going Why? to a car yes. boot sale. I'm actually, I'm actually yeah. doing a Are car you? boot sale this Are Sunday. You? Yep, I am. I've got to the stage where I am. Yes, and I'm actually hiring a van. That's how professional oh. the operation is going to be. <laughs> wow. <laughs> my problem is I go to car boot sales. Me and my sister had a clear out with my parents' house when they sold it years ago. We took a load of stuff, sold it and came home with just as much junk that we bought off everybody else's stand. Oh my word. So, Do you know how he, much my my mum and my auntie both made at their last car boot? Go on. 50 pence. <laughs> what? They made 50 what pence. What on earth were they selling? Air? <laughs> Well, first of all, I don't think they price things high enough. I've told them well, this. You know, yeah. you don't get. I mean, they start a, off. A they penny already start. Is no good these days, Linz. It's not like <laughs> penny sweets. They already start off by saying, like, you know, when somebody marks something up, knowing that you're going to have to haggle. Yeah, but my yes. mum and my auntie start already on the generous side, <laughs> and then they get haggled <laughs> down even further. So before you know it, like things are going for ten pence. But yeah, they made fifty p after they paid for for the spot as well. Oh. <laughs> so they Oh, must have oh, like no. made £10. Oh, gosh, I hope that doesn't happen to me on Sunday. I've done a car boot sale with your partner before, haven't I, Linz? You have, yeah. No, and have. no messing. I tell you, I am I am I am readying myself to do this car boot sale on Sunday. And it's and it's going to involve clearing out a lockup on Saturday as well. Um <laughs> expect me to be in pieces on Tuesday. It sounds wow. exhausting. Athletic women's football podcast. But I really like your idea. Um Yeah, well, they, they where, do where are you putting it, Hayley? Just in a in a location as close to the stadium as possible. I would have said in the car parks, but obviously they're going to be quite busy on match days, aren't they? But I was like, what if you could kind of team up, right? You know when you have like a beanbag into a stadium when, when teams are playing in Europe or wherever else and not everyone can travel. Why not when they do these kind of beanbags, you have a big car boot sale as well and just bring all your football memorabilia. I mean, it's just, I'm just trying to kill two birds with one stone and make even more money about, but really I would have on the morning of a game before your three o'clock afternoon kickoffs in, in a local park somewhere, 
everyone who's going to the game later brings all their football memorabilia. And you could do like, if you've got others with, you know, you bring your kids along and they could do the football card swaps. If you've got your sticker books that are missing, obviously if you're heading into, um, I mean, the Panini sticker books heading into a major tournament in the summer, you'd make an absolute killing in April and May, wouldn't you? Heading into a tournament. Yeah. Although I've got quite a lot of programs, you know. But just, yeah, programs. I just think that would be... It would it would be great. I would I would go to it. We've I we've, would I would totally double up with that. Um, and it's a guaranteed crowd, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I did mm. have a think actually um, about whether clubs are missing a trick by not having like a designer clothing store. I mean, only so that footballers can pay back their wages basically just by buying stuff. But do you remember the, the shop crickets? So I've, I've just written here. It's football. It's a football club's version of cricket, which is cricket, the shop that was in Liverpool that was infamous for supplying all the wags and actually a lot of the footballers with their clothes. And I just thought, you know, a designer clothing shop at a football stadium, surely that's a win-win. Surely you want to dress Hair salon. Like- Look well, at yes, all the, the haircuts they have. Yes, but, yes. It's, you know, it's got to be top end. Um, and a lot of them have their own barbers. You know, they could mm. they could break out and have a, mm. a franchise going on. Mm. And speaking of which, I think the biggest franchise opportunity um, is there for Brighton and Hove Albion. They're on the coast. Everyone, when you go and watch Brighton away, if you're a visiting supporter, you want fish and chips. Of course. Look, you want to get the best... Fish and chips. You, and, and oh, it's Grimsby. Grimsby do the best, best. No, fish but and you chips. want to beat them. You know, Morgan. Brighton are in the Premier League. Morgan. Brighton are in the Premier League, and they're on the coast, and they're attracting people from around the world. High Visitors. level fish and chips. They're, they're attracting tourists. They want to make a franchise and be able to just have it around every single coastal club. They could start it off. It could be as big as McDonald's. Wow, there we go. Ambitions are high for Lindsay Hooper. Um, Unless you've got any more, I'm going to round this up because it's time for Any Other Business. Here we go then. Any other business, if your application for a record deal with Wolves doesn't quite hit the mark, uh, you can always send it in to us. Um, these are the smaller stories that we found during the week that uh, may have gone a bit under the radar. Who wants to get us started? Okay, I've got one which um, I found on skysports.com and it's Aston Villa defender Matty Cash, who's trying to break into Poland's team and he's attempting to be part of the squad for the World Cup in Qatar. Now, he's from Slough, which is actually not too far from me, but he's got a Polish mother and he's actually applied for citizenship, lodged all the paperwork and he'll be hoping to feature for Paolo Sosa's side, well, as soon as possible. So yeah, I think that'd be great, not just for Matty Cash, but for, for the Poland national team as well. Very good indeed. Um, I picked out Derby County, perhaps not an under-the-radar story, but just in case you missed this one um, this week, the club have entered administration uh, formally. They've had a 12-point deduction applied by the EFL. Um, They had taken 10 points from eight games, but they're going to obviously drop to the foot of the table now. Um, Six points adrift of Nottingham Forest. Um, They've also got the threat, Derby, of another 12-point deduction hanging over them. Um, This is about financial reporting and failing to pay players as well. So, yeah, worrying times there um, for Derby County. It feels like we haven't had kind of a big administration story for a while after the threat of so many clubs' finances during the pandemic. But, yeah, um, sad times for Derby. 
Yeah, I think it might be another nine points deducted. We'll have to double check on that. Everything's a little bit foggy, isn't it, mm. as to whether they're even going to have a further deduction. Yeah, it's true. Whether it's nine or 12, I mean, it doesn't really matter. It's still absolutely dire. You've got to feel for Wayne Rooney, haven't you? He's, yeah, absolutely. You know, you gone do. from playing for Manchester United and Everton and, you know, never having to deal with anything like this before. But I was worried about them keeping hold of Wayne Rooney, actually, because I think having the same manager there, knowing the players, having that familiarity and the stability was going to be key. But he's actually paid by a betting firm. So they pay his wages. Derby County don't. So at least that's one thing they don't mm. have to worry about, which was quite a clever yeah. move. Mm. Early rumours are for next year that the FA Cup final will be next June. It will be yeah. moved to June. And that's due to the mm. Qatar World Cup being a winter a winter world cup um so i thought i'd put that out there there's only early rumors but um but you know i, I think it, it's looking like it's going to have to move somehow and then james rodriguez which links because of the qatar link he's joined a qatari club he's left everton he signed for al rayan uh, an undisclosed fee that's huge isn't it for everton to get him off the wage bill i know he'd only got a one year contract anyway but the fact they've managed to get that over the line i think is key especially if he wanted out you know there's no no good paying that sort of money to him every week is there for him to not yeah, be playing fair play to them fair play to them uh, marcus rojo's caused all sorts of issues um because um he basically um to help a young fan who was sort of sobbing in in adulation um, at him, um, he basically gave this little Boca Juniors fan his face mask. Now, I totally get that you would want to try and appease a young kid and it's a fan and you just want to give them something, right? You want to give them a piece of merchandise. Can I suggest that a face mask is not the best idea? Uh, apparently, some of the Boca fans were none too impressed. Uh, some of them tweeting stuff like, the moment Marcus Rojo puts an end to the pandemic, pandemic question mark uh, someone else just wrote he couldn't be more stupid and another fan uh tweeted do you want to give me a toothbrush as well marcos uh so there you go if you want to give a young fan something and i totally appreciate if they're distraught in that kind of oh my god here's my hero way maybe the face mask isn't the way to go a very brief one i just wanted to draw attention because arsenal have taken a battering from a lot of outlets um, and, you know, rightly so, there's expectation there for the club. But I wanted to shine a light on the fact that they got 50,000 fans for the Carabao Cup to play Wimbledon. For a 50,000 attendance, I thought that was brilliant turnout. We've seen crowds in the League Cup competition over the years dwindling. But yeah, that was one that really shone from the midweek fixtures. Ah, oh, well done, Arsenal. Fantastic. All right. Well, on that positive note, uh, we're going to leave it there. Both of you rushing off to your football commitments. Uh, thank you for listening to us and letting us know how you're finding us as well at Offside Rule Pod on Twitter and on Insta. How does someone leave us a five star review, Hayley? Please pray tell. You just have to go and find exactly where you listen to us, however that may be, and just click on the review section and the five stars. It won't work if you click on four. Don't even try it. Something bad might happen to your finger. Don't even try three, two or one. If you want to write a review, only positive words will be accepted. Thank you very much. <laughs> that public service announcement there from Hayley McQueen. Uh, where are we going to see you this weekend, Lindsay? I've got two live games in WSL on Sky Sports. So it's an early one, 11.30 Everton against Birmingham. Everton 
uh, two heavy defeats to Manchester City and Chelsea. Birmingham yet to have a win as well. A lot riding on that one. And then to finish off the weekend, a 6.45pm kickoff on Sunday night, Arsenal against Manchester City. Oh, so those do. are the two Both that I've ends got again. to get my teeth into. Yes. Yeah. Both ends again. Yeah, and then you've got Arsenal Tottenham as well, haven't you, on Sunday in the Premier League, which is quite exciting. And it's a big weekend of sport because I'm a bit of a golf fan, so I will be glued to the Ryder Cup from Friday lunchtime. So the fact that I'm working on Friday in the weekend on Sunday is actually pretty exciting because I can watch sport, football, golf, and actually the Formula One as well in Russia, which is quite exciting. I can watch all of that possibly hung over on Sunday morning, having watched the Anthony Joshua fight. Um, it's just going to be a weekend packed full of sport for me and because my other half isn't into it. It means by me going to work, I get to... You get to fill your boots, I get, don't you? I get to, yeah, I get paid for like enjoying myself and I have to remember every week when <laughs> I'm like, dragging myself in. storage locker and going oh, to do a sorry. car boot sale. I don't, I don't quite know. And yes, there is a Ryder Cup clash in my household too. Uh, all I can say is we'll probably have to sort of just try and watch it Watch it on the phone, maybe set up a little TV at the car boot sale. Who knows? Golf's we'll nice to listen to. Watching it. Golf's yes, a good sport yes, to true. listen to. True. Mm. Have you priced everything up, Kate? No, not yet. I, fact, I, I envisage I you having one of those like little <laughs> printers. I am. A Dymo machine. You'll have <laughs> a Dymo machine, <laughs> won't you? <laughs> 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 I, I'm off to co-op to try and steal one. Um, no, I think I'm just going to have to price it up on the day. There, 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 there will definitely be some um, winging because I'm... I don't want to spend my whole weekend preparing for it. Anyway, enough of can this. I, can I get on. into your inner psyche? Would you, if there's a, an item that you think is worth something, but yes. someone offered you quite a bit less, mm-hmm. just so that you didn't have to take that item home, let's say it's a big item, mm-hmm. would you let it go? No, I would um, <laughs> I would barter with them. So if I said it was a tenner and they said five, or I've, I'd say nine pounds, then they'd say, you know, et cetera, et cetera, until we came to some agreement. And how and about I'd... if they said, how about if you really wanted no less than eight, but they, they were adamant they weren't going to pay any more than seven, would, you, would, say goodbye. would you haul it home? You'd take it all the way back. Listen, I am massively stubborn. In the you know this about me, and even <laughs> if it meant carrying a bedside table on my back on the train home, <laughs> just to prove a point, yes, I would. Would I then okay. give it to the charity shop? Yes, I would. <laughs> oh, well Because done. that person's not having it, are they? Uh, anyway, good luck to everyone negotiating with me at this car boot sale on Sunday. Uh, good luck for your weekend too, ladies. We shall reconvene next week. See you then. Bye bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Offside Rule part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Keep up to date with everything Offside at OffsideRulePodcast.com and by following at OffsideRulePod on Twitter and Insta. Check out all of the Athletic's football podcasts on Apple, Spotify and all the usual places or listen ad-free on the Athletic app. The Offside Rule is a Muddy Knees Media production. The Athletic. Podcast Network.